Good Friday to you, quite literally. And really do appreciate the state of Michigan deciding that it will continually promote the Game of Thrones series by letting us know winter is coming. It's a cold one out there. I keep on having the heat cranking on inside. I haven't been outside, of course, because it's morning. I don't want to go outside. Not if it's 30-something degrees outside, which it currently is. But, uh, yeah. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hull, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, uh, one thing is I was actually wrong uh, that we are going to have a surprise media availability today, Friday, with both Josh Gaddis and Don Brown to wrap up spring. Uh, that wasn't the intention from what I was told earlier in the week, so that's pretty cool. So that means that we will indeed have a show tomorrow, and we'll break down and at least hear what they have to say. Apologies for the early text. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that was a good news text, actually. So uh, for the, just know that there will be a recruiting article that y'all are going to want to pay attention to sometime in the very near future. Uh, by Evan Petzold on Wolverine's Wire. That's what that text said. So, just, there that is. I'm not going to delete it because it's good news. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being lazy. I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, we'll have a show tomorrow, Saturday. So we will have our five shows this week as I had hoped we would. So that's good news there. Uh, but uh, that doesn't do anything for our show today. So today we have uh, a couple things to talk about. Uh, there are a couple, it's basically a transfer-heavy show. All right, because we are going to talk about Michigan has a couple transfers uh, that uh, people who are in the transfer portal that were announced uh, over the last 24 hours. One you heard about, one that you might not have heard about. Uh, we're going to get into those. Uh, Ohio State had a transfer, and man, they are really, really screwed right now. Like, you got to feel like this kind of like piggybacks on the kind of some of the stuff that I was talking about yesterday about their quarterback situation. So they had a quarterback transfer out. We're going to talk about that and the repercussions that could come from that. Uh, and then finally, uh, as I wrote about this morning, yesterday, Rashawn Gary went on the Rich Eisen show and uh, went and called Michigan State little sister and more. So we got to talk about that. Uh, feels like there's going to be a shorter show today. Which means it's going to go all 30, because I said that. All right, let's start out with the transfer stuff, really, because that's the um, that's the most important stuff as it pertains to Michigan. Uh, so two guys have announced, uh, not necessarily announced, one has announced he's in the transfer portal, one was announced that he, he is in the transfer portal. Uh, so the big name there is four, former four-star cornerback Miles Sims, uh, the cornerback out of the Atlanta area, uh, Spider. Uh, didn't really had a lot of injuries and things that kept him from dressing a lot last year, precluded him from the competition. Obviously he was pretty buried on the depth chart with, uh, David Long and Levert Hill leading the charge as it were. Uh, but then, you know, then you got Ambry Thomas, but he, as an early enrollee fell a little bit more on that depth chart with, uh, with Vincent Gray's emergence. And, uh, even a couple days ago, Mike Zordich, Mentioned everyone but him. He was not dressed for the spring game. We'll talk about that and the repercussions there. There's also, I want to add, Ryan Vinegrad, the uh, Boca Raton defensive end. He was a walk-on. Uh, he committed at, at the beginning of uh, 2017. 
He is a, uh, if you remember, uh, I wrote about this back when I was at 24-7 Sports. He was a cancer survivor, survived Hodgkin's lymphoma. So it was a really good, feel-good story. Obviously, when you go through something like that, you survive something like that, there's still, you know, the most important thing is surviving it. The second most, you know, important thing is being able to live your livelihoods if you do survive it. And uh, it looked like he's, you know, like he was going to be able to do that, and he did exactly that. But he uh, he took to Twitter yesterday to post his clips and uh, of some of his uh, some of his practice clips of where he played well, both sides of the ball, and he is moving on from Michigan, announcing that he is part of the transfer portal. So yeah, that's uh, that's two guys. Uh, I know one's not really on people's radars, but you know, it, like like I've said before, and we uh, there was actually a moment yesterday or the day before yesterday, a couple days ago. Um, Josh Gaddis had posted uh, a picture that I took of him uh, speaking at midfield to Ram- tight end Ramsey Beatty, and when he posted it, there was someone that re- you know replied like, "Who the heck is Beatty?" You know, or whatever. And a bunch of the players replied. You know, had their little either quote tweets or responses, being like, "He's someone." You know, Christian Turner's like, "He's a guy who helps the team. Someone that you should support." You know, like. Because it is kind of ridiculous sometimes that, you know, people don't back up the walk-ons. Because the walk-ons are the guys that, it, they're some of those guys that work the hardest, right? Because they don't have a scholarship. They really, really have to do well in class, partially for that, you know, partially for that reason. They have to work twice as hard to be able to get the type of attention that, you know, to be able to be on the radar. And, you know, they're playing on the scout team most of the time, so they're having to face off against the starters. It's like a, it's just a whole bunch of nope, (laughs) you know, for if you're a walk-on. And then whenever they do something good, instead of getting like a, man, that guy really worked hard and earned it, the fans end up going and being like, like, who's that? I'm mad, (laughs) you know? So it gets a little ridiculous. For that reason, because fans don't appreciate the walk-ons. So if one's leaving, especially one that has a really cool story like Ryan Vingrad, he gave you a couple a couple years of grinding up here in Ann Arbor and, you know, up in Michigan after being down in Boca Raton, beautiful, beautiful Boca Raton, which I know. I Family used to have a place uh, down there back when I was uh, really, really, really little. My great-grandmother did. So I've been down there. It was really, really beautiful. I uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing that they don't get more love, the walk-ons. So I'm here to give it to them. So I'm making a big deal out of the fact that Vinegrad is moving on. I'm disappointed personally that won't get to see him continue his career in the maize and blue, but obviously I'm hoping really strongly that he'll be able to persevere, find a spot be able to get some actual on the field playing time because that's ultimately what you hope to see. And you know what? The iron sharpens iron of it all. Hopefully will help him being able to do that. You know, getting to go up and practice against, you know, some of the guys that he gets to go up and practice against while in Ann Arbor, that should help him be able to go a lot of places and really earn playing time. Even if it's not like looked at right out, out the gates as like, all right, he's a guy that we're going to count on. I have the feeling he's going to go somewhere and they're going to be like, oh, okay, we didn't recognize that this is a guy. 
now we see it. I guarantee in two years you're going to hear about defensive end Ryan Weingrad and the job he's doing at another school. Guaranteed. And uh, obviously I hope that's the case. Uh, Miles Sims, different story. Don't know his story. Uh, all I know is, like I said, he didn't uh, he didn't dress for the spring game. I saw him in street clothes for that. Uh, a couple days later, you have Mike Zordich talking about you know how Vincent Gray has really stepped up and he's the a spring starter, uh, which I would assume that would mean he would be the Brandon Watson of this next year. Once uh, this fall, once Lavert Hill comes back into the fold because he's been out with injury. But you saw Vincent Gray, you saw Jamon Green, Jalen Kelly-Powell, Brad Hawkins. You didn't see Miles Sims out there. And I don't know if it's injury, I don't know anything. But you also didn't hear about him from Mike Zordich. And then he got asked about Miles Sims, and he's like, ah, he's coming along, he's got the physical tools, you just need him to be more consistent. And then the Athletic in Atlanta goes out and finds out that, hey, he's actually in the transfer portal. So that is his deal. Um so who knows exactly what that is? Is he just not getting it? Is he just does he not like it? Is he not getting it? Does he get it but want to do something different? Obviously, man coverage isn't for isn't for everybody. I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying that you know going from high school ball to man coverage is it's a difficult proposition. I'm not saying he's not up for the challenge. I'm just saying like there's a multiple of reasons why multitude of reasons of why he might decide that he doesn't think that Ann Arbor is a good fit for him. It's disappointing. He was the highest rated guy uh, as far as the uh, the corners in that class. Uh, I believe he was, uh, let me see here. I believe he, he, I mean, he was like the fifth best guy in the entire class. Um, so that's also disappointing in the sense of fourth best guy. He's behind Aiden Hutchinson was the top guy. In the 24-7 sports composite. Then Cam McGraw, Mustafa Muhammad, then Miles Sims. So he was one of the higher rated guys. And he's no longer going to uh, be with the program unless he has a change of heart. Which you never know. Maybe he will. Nonetheless, disappointing um, what it means for Michigan as far as that particular position is concerned. It means that they're going to have to rely pretty heavily and really hope that uh, really hope that Vincent Gray does turn out. Um considering that he was the the sixth lowest guy on the totem pole when it comes to the entire recruiting class. it's It does bode well if he ends up being a really good player. Obviously, you also have Jamon Green as well, but uh, they're going to need those guys to really pan out. And then you also got Jalen Perry, the four-star, who's an early enrollee. He's already on campus now. So, uh, And then they're, they're bringing in DJ Turner, also Atlanta area. So Michigan's corners... Uh, definitely have an Atlanta flair, but uh, they lose one of those. And uh, I mean, they've got a lot of guys, but I mean, you got to assume you're, I mean, you're definitely losing Lavert Hill after this year. You might be losing Ambry Thomas if uh, he has a really, really good year. Uh, if he plays excellent, I mean, you, you could end up with a whole new defensive backfield in that light. So you need some of those other guys to step up. A lot of unknown commodities, but the fact that Vincent Gray has been emerging since uh, since the fall, that's a good thing. It's just a matter of getting a couple other guys to do so as well. All right. We are going to move on to the Ohio State quarterback transfer situation and just kind of what that means. 
But do you have a smartphone with a voice assistant or even better, one of those smart speakers like an Amazon Echo, Google Home, or Apple HomePod? Or do you have that type of capability in your car? Well, if you do, just tell your voice assistant to play Lockdown Wolverines and go from there. With a new episode every weekday, it's as simple as that to stay connected, and you can do it with the help from the technology right in your car, your home, or even your hand. Remember, play Locked on Wolverines. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so yesterday when talking about Ohio State in the mailbag, I had said that Ohio State was in trouble if Justin Fields went down. Now, I was kind of only looking at, I was looking at some older depth charts and things like that. So I didn't really know about Matthew Baldwin, but I didn't know who Matthew Baldwin was. I know that he's played, I can't even remember what school, but he played like a couple snaps essentially for, I think, West Virginia I'm pretty sure is the one. But, and then he transferred to Ohio State. Now he's transferring out of Ohio State. Behind him, you have one other scholarship qu- uh, quarterback. That's that Shuganov guy. And then after that, Shrug. So they lose pretty much the only other guy that uh, <laughs> that could potentially run that offense. Now, I saw some really high praise. For uh, for Baldwin on his departure, maybe that that very well could be partially because you know that uh, you know partially because you know that like okay, he's a guy who is leaving the program, and you know how you know how Buckeyes treat their own. They they tend to be you know I don't know I I'm I'm spitballing here, uh, but uh, looking at his recruiting profile. I mean, he actually ended up at Ohio State, so I don't know where that that couple other snaps somewhere else thing that I read was about, because uh, that's clearly not the case. He was a uh, he he was a Colorado State commitment, and then he decommitted from Colorado State, and a week later committed to Ohio State, and then he enrolled uh, a month later. He was an early enrollee at Ohio State. He's a pro style quarterback, four star guy. Rated in the twenty by twenty four seven sports as the three hundred tenth best guy in the country. So, uh, seriously, don't know where I read that, but pro style guy, and then you got Justin Fields, dual threat guy, as your uh, as your sole dude there now. So that is interesting, right? Because now it's like, what else do you, uh, you know, what else? You're just in trouble now because now you've got a senior in uh, uh, is it Chris Chuganov I believe, who's a three star. Looking him up now, Chris Chuganov. He's the West Virginia guy. Sorry, that's where I, I had it all mixed up. Chris Chuganov was at uh, West Virginia. Um, 
and uh, he transferred to Ohio State. He was a three-star guy, ranked 1,128th overall. Also a pro-style guy. So you lose Baldwin. Now all you have is him and a walk-on. That does not bode well for Ohio State. So now you have to wonder, is Ohio State going to try to change the scheme at all? Because you don't. You really, really now don't want to have Justin Fields running all over the place because he just gets hit wrong. It's so much easier to get injured. Now, I'm not saying that you, you know, you don't want to take away your bread and butter either, and you don't want to, you know, play with the idea of being weak. But honestly, like, I feel like you, you go from the idea of being like, okay, I feel okay about running him 15 to 20 times a game or however many times they were planning on doing it, now you're kind of probably like, I don't even know if I want him running 10 times a game. Because, you know, he takes a helmet to uh, to a thigh. I mean, that could be it. That could be it for Ohio State's season, period. Keep in mind, they already lost Mike Weber. Lost several offensive linemen. They lost a couple of their really speedy wide receivers. They were already retooling. I understand that Justin Fields was, you know, a five-star, like the number two guy in the entire class, for, uh, you know, was number one for pretty much the entire year. But, you know, we haven't seen it on the field yet. We've seen some promise when he was at Georgia. You didn't see it. You know, you don't know how he's going to fit in and Columbus yet. Keep in mind, and I'm sure that I kind of do feel like there's this element of like, all right, it's Ohio State. It's going to work out because it's how it works out for them, and it doesn't work out that way for Michigan because that's just how things go. But keep in mind, Shea Patterson was the number one five-star quarterback in the class. He looked really good in his first two years at Ole Miss. He comes to Michigan. He still looked good but did not have the gaudy numbers. He was he did what he was supposed to do in the confines of what Michigan was asking him to do. My point is, just because you are a five-star doesn't mean that you are going to come out swinging like Sammy Sosa. I don't know where that particular reference came in from. But uh, I think it's Letterkenny. Because <laughs> they... Uh, I don't know if any of my listeners watch Letterkenny, but it is... It's like a... It's like basically Canadian, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's hilarious. It takes some getting used to, but it's hilarious. But last episode of the... Uh, so far, the series had a lot of baseball references, and I think that's on my mind. Um... I digress. Point is, Ohio State is definitely in some dire straits, I think, unless they can get a grad transfer quarterback, which is what I assume that they would try to do. Because injury happens, you've got a very low three-star guy. Again, I know, you'd have to work and earn it and everything, and everything I said in the first part in the Ryan Vinegrad segment. But Ohio State's offense, I feel, is predicated on having a quality quarterback and I'm not saying that Chris Chuganov is not that but you can see some of the fear in some of those guys down in Columbus right now if you look at some of the the media reporting on this and just how it was already a very thin room you lost Tate Martell to to Miami it went from being a very solid situation it's been solid for a couple years right like JT Barrett Dwayne Haskins um, Tate Martell you know you had you had a room that rivaled what Michigan has now, and now it is gone. So, uh, God forbid he does get injured. 
obviously you don't want to win that way. You want to play up against the best and you want to beat the best. And obviously you would never wish that on a kid anyway. But Ohio State is in very, very dire straits right now because of that. So something to monitor. All right, we are going to talk at the end here about Rashawn Gary's comments to Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show on Thursday. Of course, some inflammatory type stuff. They can't help going on to Rich Eisen Show, these former players, and just ripping Michigan State a new one. That's just what they do. Um, anyway, I believe Chase Winovich did that too. I know Devin Bush obviously did. I think Chase might have done it. At least he explained it. That's what it was. Chase Winovich explained why. But oh, all good fun, maybe. We'll see. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Wolverines on the new Himalaya podcasting app. It In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every single day. So download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Wolverines. All right, so... In case you missed it, and there's uh, an article that I have up on uh, on Wolverine's Wire that has the whole video from the Rich Eisen show. Uh, anytime I mention these articles, by the way, I link them right into the... Uh, if you go to listen to this podcast on Wolverine's Wire, I make sure that those things that I kind of reference are linked into the, uh, the podcast article. So that's... If, for those of you listening on... You know, Apple iTunes or Spotify or any of those things. Uh, obviously, that doesn't apply, but you can go to wolverineswire.usatoday.com and you can kind of get everything that I'm talking about. Pretty much any episode, I'm I'm generally not talking about something that's uh, not written about or going to be written about, generally. Um, anyway, so uh, Sean Gary goes on the Rich Eisen show. He spent a lot of time talking about his decisions and not, you know, it's like like how everything's going in the draft, you know, and his decision not to play the last game for Michigan. But then you get down to the end of it and they start talking about, you know, he asked him about Michigan State and whatever. And he's, you know, Rashawn reminds him like, hey, I didn't get to, you know, play in that game. I had to watch it from my apartment. Because he was that was in the stretch of injury. But then, of course, he's like, yeah, I'm watching it from my apartment, and I see Devin Bush out there doing his thing, and I would do the same thing, and he's amped up like I was, but times 100 and and whatever. And then he drops the, our little sister, pauses for effect, and then again says, little sister, to the point that even Rich Eisen's like, oh, okay, you're saying it twice. And uh, then, you know, rips off a bunch of whatever and then says that uh, Michigan owns the state uh, and that state fans that want to chirp, they uh, have to understand that Michigan owns them. Okay, cool. For someone like Rashad Gary or Devin Bush, I mean, they leave Michigan with a pretty decent record against Michigan State in the sense that they are 2-1. and one. Rashad Gary, Devin Bush, 2-1. and one. So for all the people who want to bring up, you know, it's funny because Michigan State fans like to say Michigan fans live in the past, but you know I'm sure that the response to this from a lot are like, well, what's D'Antonio's record against Michigan? All right, okay, but what is the record for those guys against Michigan State? It's they have a winning record against Michigan State, so they can. I'm not saying they can say. I mean, they can say whatever they want. They can, but you know, your scientists were so. Uh, 
were, were, were so busy trying to figure out if they could, they didn't think about if they should. You know, that it's that kind of thing. Because, listen, I have no problem with the chirping, especially when it comes immediately after a win. I have no problem more so with Devin Bush because he went through what I feel like was a premeditated, and I know that that's what they feel like based off of conversations I've had with people both on and off the record. They feel like Michigan State premeditated that walk, that there was a reason why they were late, there was a reason why they were wearing their helmets, and all you know, all of that. I know there's a lot of Michigan State fans that want to conspiracy theory it up and be like, you know, nope, they were on time. I mean, Michigan State admitted that they weren't not on time in a statement. They admitted that they were not on time. So, number one, deal with that. But, I mean, they never wear their helmets and then suddenly, you know, and then it's funny how it's like, oh, well, they were doing it to honor... Something that they didn't say anything about, but I'm just going to make something up to make Michigan look bad. Just own it. Own that you tried to do something motivational, knowing you're probably going to get your you-know-what kicked. You tried it, and it didn't work. Because you know what? If it, if it would have worked, all we would have been hearing from Michigan State fans is, you know, Coach D'Antonio, Coach D knows how to just dial one up. He just knows how he just got his finger on the pulse of the rivalry. But it didn't work, so you come up with excuses. Okay, so now I digress from that. The whole point of this is you already got that going for you, right? I have no problem with Devin Bush's actions, to be honest, as a result. It's a great rivalry story, in my opinion. Just like I'm sure a lot of Ohio State fans love when they, when you know, back in the day they went and tore down the banner, even though I think Michigan won that game. I could be very wrong there, by the way. I just, I don't know my 70s Michigan history as well as I probably should. Nonetheless, Sean Gary Colt says we own the state. All right, but under since Harbaugh has been here, Michigan's 2-2 two and two against Michigan State. Michigan had one win against MSU in the seven years before that. So, not 100% excited about the We Own MSU talk. Like, now here's the thing. You don't have to say little sister. That's what Michigan State players have been calling and fans have been calling Michigan since the Mike Hart little brother thing. If you're going to use one, just say little brother. Because that's honestly like, I don't have a problem with little brother. Like there was a point in time where I was like, it needs to end. But now just with the whining and chirping from the state fan base, especially recently, it really is who and what they are. I'm not trying to say that as an inflammatory type thing as many might, but I mean, there is an inferiority complex there. And I think it's it suits them. I think that's fine. I mean, it's become the identity of their program post-Mike Hart saying that. So if I was Michigan State, I'd be embracing it personally instead of taking offense to it. Because that's why your program is really taking a big step up. But to that point, like LJ Scott goes out and calls Michigan little sister at Big Ten Media Days. And it was like, all right. Which is a pretty little brotherish type thing to say. 
So that's what they go out and do. All right. Rashawn Gary, you don't need to say that. At least stick to the script. And as far as the we own, I mean, you're not playing it anymore. So you're you're you better hope that the teammates that you left behind, and I have no problem with him leaving early. I've said that ad nauseum. But you better hope that those teammates that you left behind can pick up uh, the mantle. Because otherwise you just provided some fodder for a always angry Michigan State team that is always looking for a fresh bash of uh, hashtag disrespect. Oh, that's it. All right, tomorrow we're going to talk Josh Gaddis and Don Brown, what they have to say today. So for the Locked On Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at On Wolverines or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. Shocker. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at LockedOnWolverines at gmail.com. You can find us on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or online at WolverinesWire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcasts every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.